Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of the Della Darling podcast. We're so excited you're joining us, and we have so much great content to share with you guys today. We are also feeling very fit and very healthy and successful because we completed the much-anticipated and talked-about marathon relay this past Sunday. It was a great race, and we have so much to tell you guys about that beyond just we ran six and a half miles each, and we didn't die. So (laughs) before we get to that, though, we have so many other things that we did since we last talked to you guys, and we're just so excited to share them because they were some really great events and really great food was had, of course. I think we both had some trouble thinking about what we had done since the last podcast, but then ultimately we realized that that was partly because we had done so much. That's so true. And, you know, it was so funny because, um, you know, you and I talked about I was in Baltimore last weekend. And so I felt like, oh, my gosh, I probably didn't do very many Delaware-centric things because the whole weekend was was spent in Baltimore. But I did a lot. We were super lucky because we got to spend Shakespeare's birthday celebrating at Chelsea Tavern with a bunch of other literary fiends, if you will. Um, the Dell Shakes Festival group, they actually hosted a Bards Dispense Profanity Night. So if you don't know, this is um, a game like Cards Against Humanity, but the theme is all Shakespearean. So it's a lot of um, quotes and scenarios that happen in Shakespeare's works. And you actually can buy this on Amazon. It's a real game, which I did not know until we got there that night. I thought that we were... I had I read the directions, so I knew what I was in store for, but... I also did think that the evening would include us, like, hurling insults at each other. Like, a fellow, like, team to team, just shouting insults. Not I did too. using our theater voices. I did, too. I think um, it was a much tamer evening than I had anticipated. And, and I think, you know, we talked about this when we were there, but I felt like... Because there were nine teams competing, mm-hmm. what they did is they split it into sort of two two rounds. So in round one, there were only three teams in each group. And so you only competed against two other teams. And it was whichever team got to seven cards first. And so um, for that one, we actually won for our, our group, mm-hmm. which was really cool. But it was very tame. Because, again, you sort of couldn't get that loud because there were mm-hmm. two other events going on in the same room. It was a lot of fun once, like, when the entire room was participating. And, like, all like, there were three or four teams that made it to the final round. I can't remember. Right. There were three teams in the final mm-hmm. round. But each... But everyone was, was hearing and laughing and... Right. Everyone was participating. And I know the other two teams that we had initially beat out, they were sort of on our team cheering for us. So it sort of helped to create that hurling of insults and mm-hmm. and open laughter that I think we had expected for the whole evening. Yeah, I really think we I think we found out about the event through Facebook. Yes, but we've done other Dell Shakes events before, and I think they do they have some really cool programming in terms of like bringing theater and bringing Shakespeare, um, not necessarily like into to the life. community, but but like to life out of yeah to life out of the the theater um you know a couple years ago i think maybe our first event that we did with del shakes was go to the one of the shakespeare poem fiend night yes yes so it was at the george reed house um and it was so cool we got to go in and we sat in the parlor and they had a few different people get up and reading works from Mm poe and so that was just really cool and and there was a couple some, there scenes, a few scenes from various Shakespeare. So it was, um, it was really, that was a great event. I really enjoyed that. And they do it, I guess, every year in different locations. Yeah, they did a Valentine's Day, a similar one for Valentine's Day this past year. I didn't go to it, but one of them was at the, the Meadery in Wilmington. So I just, and this is kind of like part of their brand now that they're doing Shakespeare. So, social wherever. Shakespeare. Social, social Shakespeare. Shakespeare. It's a social experiment. Um, so coming up, it is on our calendar to go to. We didn't. We didn't win the ticket. We, d- we you guys. Okay. We got second place overall, which was very good. But, but it was not first. We will. We will go. We will support. Bring a picnic and see much ado about nothing in Rockwood Park this summer. 
Um, yeah, so the dates on that are July 13th to the 29th, and it's a really cool event. You can bring chairs, you can bring a picnic, and they get up, they perform. It's a great show. We're super excited about it. We think it's very, very Delaware, very social. It's going to be a great event. And so it is one of the things on our summer bucket list, which we are still finalizing, but we know that's something we want to do. And also I'm even more excited for much to do now because I recently saw the rep, um, the resident ensemble players at University of Delaware perform Twelfth Night. And so I've been reevaluating my list of top Shakespeare plays. For me, my favorite is Midsummer. I've known this. Now I just want to check Twelfth Night you were a supporting role in the middle school production. Am I correct? Yes, that is correct. But for, for those who don't know, Dara was an esteemed actress in middle school and high school. I don't think I made it. I, high school, it That's, didn't really work out for But me. at Sally's, you acted at Sally's. Yes, I did. I went to that play. Thank you. I appreciate your support. So, But I am reevaluating how much I liked... Twelfth Night, I really enjoyed the Reps production. They, The way that they staged it, it, the lighting was very melancholy. It kind of had this feeling that maybe it was a dream, maybe it wasn't really happening. And so I could enjoy the production itself, but I realized that I'm not so on board with Twelfth Night as a play because having been in it in sixth grade, of course, I think that I know it, but I actually never actually saw it because I was like backstage or on stage. That's true. It's very different to experience a production from the production side versus from the audience side. And I just, I cannot get past, so if, you, if you're not familiar with Twelfth Night, it's a, it's a comedy, it, it should be a fun play. Um, maybe you've seen it She's ends, the Man. It ends, She's the Man is a great movie. I very much recommend it. But also, it ends in a marriage, which ends in marriage. is the best way a Shakespearean play can end. There are twins that get mixed up. But I just, I cannot... Uh, twins that get mixed up. That sounds like the Olsen twins. It's not the Olsen twins. But I'm telling you, the hilarity is equivalent to a Full House episode. Are you talking about She's the Man? Or Twelfth Night right now. Twelfth Night. Oh, that's okay. twins. That trade places. Yeah, I just can't get past it. Like, how do they not know? How do they not know? You know, I think there are a lot of liberties taken where you just sort of have to set aside anything realistic. It's when you go see Jurassic World and Bryce Dallas Howard is running in high heels and that upsets you like it does me. But you're totally okay with the fact that we have manufactured dinosaurs. I thought, I remember talking about Jurassic World with you earlier, and your defense of it was like, she was dressed appropriately. She was going to a board meeting. Of course she was wearing heels. Well, it does make sense. However, she then outran a T-Rex in heels. That's the part that doesn't make sense. There should have been a scene built in, in which she, like, she should have just some hiking boots. I mean, she should, yes. Yes. That definitely should have happened. If it was on Lost. she probably had them in her car. She's not that kind of broad. I I think we're doubting her. And well, we will find out in Jurassic World, too. We sure will. Um, so, anyway, Twelfth Night, I saw it at UD, but the cool thing is that if you miss it in Delaware and you happen to be in New York coming up, it was a co-production with the acting company. Um, so, after, they're, they, they're packing it up um, May and, 6th. And going to New York. And going, and going to New York. Um, hmm. So, there was a, there, it made me think. There were some things in the production where the way that it is staged, you're not actually sure if it's happening, that it, it might, um, perhaps it is all just a comforting dream of a fool. Um, so you'll just have to go to New York and see it um, and enjoy it, even, even if you do have trouble recognizing that people could get twins mixed up in that way. It, it does happen. It happens to me all the time. I know. Um, yeah, so that was it. That's, you know, we're super excited about the Shakespeare Festival. There are so many great shows, and there are so many great opportunities to see those shows in Wilmington and in Newark. But another event that's been going on in Wilmington the last two weekends is the Tax-Free Comedy Festival. And it's the first time they've done this. And it was, I was not sure what I was getting myself into because, you know, when you see that there are four days worth of comedy events, there's improv, there's stand-up, there's musical comedy, there are classes you could register for to take. 
there's just so much going on. But you also sort of worry, like, what if it's not funny? I, I'm really glad that you went because I, I couldn't make it and I want to know how it, how it went, but I do admit that comedy shows make me nervous. They, they do, and stand-up especially because you just don't know what you're getting yourself into. And I can honestly say um, I went to just one night of stand-up and it was so good. I was really impressed by the local talent. We There were five different performers, one being the MC. And honestly, I wish that she had had so much more time because she was so great. And her name, and I'm going to butcher her last name, I'm sure, it was Alyssa Trues. Oh my gosh, she had the greatest like sketch. So she talked about being adopted. So she's Korean, but she has Polish parents. And so she was talking about, you know, when she was a child at the mall and if she didn't, she was mad at her parents for not buying her something, she would throw herself on the floor and have a tantrum. And of course her parents would react appropriately trying to corral her. And then she would scream, that's not my mommy. And of course, <laughs> as a Korean child screaming that about a Polish woman who won't stop touching you, oh my you know, you can imagine what passersby thought. So she just had such a great sketch and it was so nice um, getting that perspective. Then we had three performers from the Philadelphia area, LaMare Lee, Dan Vetrano, and Cassandra D. And what I was impressed about, honestly, with this whole lineup, so I already talked about Alyssa is Korean. LaMare is a black man and he was amazing and funny and he talked about, it was a lot of fat jokes, but he felt like that was okay because he himself identified as fat. And he, you know, you can you can make a joke about your own kind was sort of his overarching theme. And that was great. Um, then Dan Vetrano was gay. And so he did make a number of jokes about living off of his husband's money and different things about being gay. And that was that was great. He was really enjoyable. Then Cassandra was an overweight woman who made so many great jokes about living as an overweight woman. She lives with her parents and there were lots of great jokes about that. But my favorite one from her was actually a celiac disease joke, Tara. I don't know if I'm going to find this as funny. It was very funny to me, but maybe not to you. So, and, and it probably it was more applicable 10 years ago than now. But she talked um, quite a bit about how she is a very avid dater and how you wouldn't think, as a fat woman, you would be an avid dater. You wouldn't have that many options. But she said, um, dating as a fat woman is just like having celiac disease. There aren't as many options, but there are still plenty, although many of those are gross. I think they're only gross if you don't know what the good ones are. It's true. And like I said, do, do you just agree, like though? dating, though. I mean, you have been doing the gluten-free thing now for 15, 16 years. Since I was eight years old. Oh my gosh, even longer. Almost 20. So do you feel like that was true years ago? Like, I think they've come up with better substitutes and, and it, that they kind just, of thing. They were never gross. They just weren't enjoyable. Okay. Well, there you have it. I guess dating is probably like that, too. A lot of the options are not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the, the joke still works. <laughs> joke stands. The joke stands. Um, but then the headliner for the night was a local guy, Brandon Jackson, and he was so funny. And he was gay and black, so he sort of, like, referenced back to the other two um, comedians. And it was great. And he was so funny. He talked about, you know, he actually works has worked with at-risk youth, um, as a teacher and so it was really interesting to get his perspective of like how that goes and and he was just really funny and I really enjoyed him and he has a number of shows that he does in Delaware and he hosts an event weekly so we'll make sure to link to that but I definitely would recommend checking out um, the tax-free festival next year when it comes around it was a really great event and I had a lot of fun because this was the first year that they did it right yeah this is the first year and I thought honestly um Calling it a festival and hearing about it at first, I thought, okay, so they're going to do one night where they have five different performers and we're going to call it a festival. And then that gives you the opportunity to build in future years. And I think that's awesome. But then when I saw the lineup and I saw how many local people they had pulled and how many people they were really bringing into this event, it was awesome. And they did it... Um, I'm not sure if it was in partnership, but they held it at the Delaware Historical Society. And so that's an awesome thing because, you know, on the weekends and evenings, there's not a lot that happens there, but it's a really great venue and they have a lot of space. So they actually held it upstairs from the museum. So 
it was a really cool room. They had a lot of space for a decent size audience. I would say the the session that I went to, they probably were at like 90% capacity with chairs. And they had a number of people who were standing between friends of the various comedians and that kind of thing. So it was really just, I think, a great event, well attended. And I really hope the rest of the festival was the same. Mm-hmm. Also talking about comedy... I know that I went on a long tangent about the book that I was reading last time, and I'm reading a new book now, and it is the Pulitzer Prize winner for fiction this year. It is Less by Andrew Sean Greer. Um, okay. And, it is, it, and it's it kind of like, it almost came out of nowhere as the Pulitzer win. It's a comedy book. It, Interesting. It's, it's really, it, it's funny, but it, it is also emotional and moving in that I'm I'm only a little bit in but the premise is that Les the main character um he is a somewhat successful author um and he receives the wedding invitation for his ex and he can't go to the wedding but he also can't say no to the wedding so instead he accepts every single invitation he has in his desk drawer to go speak at conferences, teach a course, and he ends up on this round-the-world trip. To avoid going to the wedding? To avoid going to the wedding. So that he has a reasonable excuse. You so know what? I think a lot of people can identify with the feeling of, I will literally do anything but that. Yes. And then, of course, he ends up in hilarious situations along the way, um, like almost sharing the stage at a conference with... Um, the woman of a former lover or the, the wife of a former lover. Oh my gosh. And he like, he has to help one author through like food sickness, food poisoning. And he like picks up this Russian cosmonaut helmet from a bar and steals it. Anyway, it's a great book. Don't ask me, ask the Pulitzer Prize committee. Um, and as I was reading it, I was delightfully surprised because I found mention of Delmarva. And I was like, that's strange. Maybe it's Delmarva, maybe it's not. And then another reference, this time Delaware, less the main character. His backstory is that he grew up in Delaware. A fellow Delawarean in fiction winning a Pulitzer Prize. That is just amazing. Yeah. Delawareans making moves. So I don't know exactly how the character came to be from Delaware. Um, but I did see that the author, Andrew Sean Greer, um, grew up in D.C. So, Well, maybe he summered in Rehoboth. Perhaps. Or Dewey. Perhaps. I think that's a pretty common thing. So that's awesome. Um, and then, of course, you know, we talked a lot about our events. But we cannot let a podcast go by without talking about what we ate. And so I um, have been eating out a little more than I really should lately. So... May is no alcohol May in order to help help counteract the waistline sizing. So last week I had lunch at Farmer and the Cow and it was so good. My burger was perfect and interesting and I cannot speak more highly of it. Um, it was moist and thick and juicy and it was everything when you go to a restaurant and you order a hamburger. It was everything you want a hamburger to be. How do you order your burgers? I like them medium well, okay. medium well, because I like it to be cooked, but I like, I want to make sure it has like a little bit of pink inside a steak. I, I would order just medium, but a burger because of the ground beef, that whole thing. I like to go medium. Well, I have to tell you though, that my mom did see your Instagram photo of the milkshake and she was like, Oh my God, what is that? That looks disgusting. But I thought it looked good. I thought it looked good too. And I will tell you it tasted good. Um, it was, I had, oh, I don't remember the names of any of these items, but I had the milkshake that had, it had cookies in it. It had M&Ms. It had Reese's cups. It had Butterfinger. Oh, it was such a treat. And I only finished about half of it because it didn't come until the food came. And so I had to take the second half to go. And it was so pleasant being able to sip on my milkshake as I walked back to the office. They did that for you? They brought me a to-go cup. Oh, that is so great. Yes. They had to bring me a to-go container for my sweet potato tots, too. Which, the sweet potato tots, you guys, they have a little bit of brown sugar and a little bit of honey. They were really good. And when I reheated them the next day, I drizzled a little extra honey on top after toasting them. And it was such a game changer. They were amazing. How about you, Dee? Where else? 
I've have just you? the only place that I've been recently is El Toro. Which, when, we, which we went to dinner together, together. to celebrate our marathon completion. completion. I this is now the second time I've been to El Toro. I love it. I, what do you love about it? What are your favorite three things? Um, nachos. Nachos, great. Um, I love the prices. The prices are very reasonable. They're comparable to any sort of standard Mexican restaurant, and I have they have a similar menu: tacos, enchiladas, nachos, margaritas. Frozen, on the rocks, salt, sugar. Amazing. And I found that the staff has been really pleasant all the times that we've been there. And by all the times, I mean the, t- the two times I've been there. Like, willing to talk with you, answer questions. Uh, the, the server that we had last night was so friendly. She was so enthusiastic. And, you know, a lot of times you feel like you're a pain trying to get them to take your order and you're being needy. But then at the same time, that's their job, and it's kind of the purpose of the restaurant. But she was so enthusiastic. I felt like she was excited to take our order. And she, and we were great. waiting on someone, too. We were. And that can sometimes be difficult at a restaurant. But they were really great and accommodating. And um, I tried a new drink. Of, I'm going to butcher the name because I just don't know how to say it. Paul, Paul Moza. Uh, <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. It was a it was a grapefruit beverage. It was a it Paloma was, Paloma like, Paloma Paloma. No, I think that's the that's the pronunciation that I made up last night. Oh, it was something with grapefruit? Something Paloma? It was like a Paloma, but our my waitress our waitress told us that it came with two kinds of tequila, and it sort of it was it was just like a fizzy tequila drink. It was nice. It was refreshing, and it was a little bit lighter and less like sugary and intense than a margarita yeah that's great and I I had a margarita raspberry sugar on the rim frozen it was delicious I enjoyed it and the nachos were perfect and we ordered the chicken nachos and we talked about how happy we were that it was the shredded chicken Mm -hmm. and not diced chicken the other thing is that the chicken was really well seasoned Mm -hmm. and a lot of time when you order nachos there's no seasoning on the chicken it's just like dry chicken on top. it's just dry chicken and that does not supreme nachos make and also another win for them our friend lisa who we were with uh she ordered a mojito and it didn't just come with mint but it came with like layers of mint that was really well muddled and there is like this running problem that i have with one restaurant in wilmington where every time i go that's nutmeg maybe she has this problem too um they mint is never in season so whenever i order a mojito they can never make it for me but i've tried to order this mojito at this restaurant winter spring summer fall it's true and you know the other thing about mint is that it is the freaking easiest herb to grow it 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 just it spreads it spreads like wildfire it's overwhelming and so yeah it's true they had mint on hand they made a great mojito Oh, the other thing, and this is back to the prices, what a deal. So a lot of times when you go into a Mexican restaurant, you can get three chicken enchiladas, three beef, three cheese, etc. for, say, $12. Then you have the option of getting one of three different kinds of enchiladas, and they're going to charge you $14. And you're like, it's still only three enchiladas. Why is it more expensive? But at El Toro, their combination enchilada platter is the same price and there are four enchiladas instead of three. It was such a good deal. Lisa and I got the same thing because we just couldn't pass it up. There's no shame in ordering the same thing as someone else's at a restaurant. When it's delicious, it's worth it. And then the last place I went was actually um, for dinner after the stand-up show for the comedy festival. So I went over to Stitch House and it was everything I sort of thought it would be. There was a brew pub they had good sandwiches they had good fries so I was um I was pretty happy I know that May now that we've entered May you are looking at a a temporarily different lifestyle in terms of eating and drinking oh no alcohol May but there is some good news that you shared with me and is that uh there's some new bill that would allow the shipment of wine to Delawareans yes so people don't realize this, but you actually can't get wine shipped to the state of Delaware. So there's actually a bill out right now where you can sign, let your um, representatives know, and we can get that enacted so that you can start receiving wine of the month clubs and things like that. And so um, it would also be really great for our downstate wineries if they had the option 
of being able to ship to more people because a lot of small wineries have wine of the month clubs. And if you aren't able to physically go and pick it up every month or every quarter, et cetera, they lose out on a lot of business. So I think that's going to be really awesome. We will of course link to where you can find out more and get your name on the petition for that. And then, and then that's sort of our normal Delaware news. And you know how we love our wacky Delaware news, our crazy people that are just doing, doing stuff in Delaware. A couple weeks ago, Wawa was giving away free coffee, and I meant to go because it's been so long since I've had a cup of Wawa coffee. I'm And what a deal. What it's a free. deal. It was free. Um, but I didn't go, and I haven't gone, but I'm still in the mood for Wawa coffee. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess it doesn't matter if you're Wawa. All news is good news. Um, no one can ever be angry at Wawa. Um, but someone was angry at Wawa. Oh my gosh. You're right. It was the craziest story. This woman ordered a sandwich as we all have done at Wawa. I've never done that actually. That's true. But you've probably ordered other things. I think I maybe ordered a sandwich for someone else. Not Meg has also never ordered a sandwich at Wawa. But she wishes she had. So this woman orders a sandwich like you do. And apparently the employee did not make the sandwich to her satisfaction. So while the employee is making the sandwich, incorrectly, apparently, this woman who ordered it throws hot coffee in the employee's face. It was just crazy. Like, I cannot imagine needing my caffeine or needing my sandwich so badly that I would have to do that. So anyway, this woman gets so upset after, of course, she throws the coffee. Then the employee freaks out and goes around to argue with her. Then the woman pepper sprays the employee in the face. And it's just chaos ensues. She goes outside and she gets. She says she's going to go get her gun and shoot the employee. Oh, my God. The employee is all concerned because she's got burns on her face from the coffee. She's been pepper sprayed in the face. And it's just total chaos. Um, they lost like $200 worth of product, like food, because that were, was ruined between the coffee and the pepper spray. And then they actually had to shut down for a couple of hours to like clear the store of the pepper spray fumes. So I read the local news every day, and yet somehow you still manage to discover these like crazy stories in Delaware news that I missed. I have a niche. And one of them that you told me about is that uh, cops pulled over a passenger in a moving car um, and charged her with making meth. Yes. This is a great story. So 2.20 in the morning, you can just picture it. There's erratic driving. You're not quite sure what's going on. So as a cop, what do you do? Turn the lights on, pull them over, license, registration. You run the license and registration and you realize there's a warrant out for this girl's arrest. In addition to a warrant out for her passenger. (laughs) It's like, you can't write this stuff, honestly. So he goes through that. And so because there's a warrant he now is justified in searching the vehicle. So he searches the vehicle and finds all of the equipment to manufacture meth. I don't really know what equipment is required. So as a police officer, I wouldn't do a good job of finding it. But this guy did. And it turns out the passenger was actually making a pot of meth while the other girl was driving. I also don't know how that is possible. But this this reminded me of another story that is sort of equally as funny, but um, a little bit, a a lot more innocent, actually. Um, I think it was a few months ago, maybe in the fall, a driver in Florida was pulled over. um, I think maybe because he was speeding or something. And then the cops, while they had him pulled over, they noticed this white powder in the car. Oh my God, was he snorting cocaine off the dashboard? No, he had eaten a powdered sugar donut. But they thought he was snorting cocaine off the dashboard. There was some concern that it was there. They didn't realize that it was powdered sugar. And so it snowballed. You know, I once was pulled over for speeding and my car was searched for drugs because. Yes, because they thought they smelled marijuana. (laughs) And, And honestly, I think it was a similar scenario. I think they said, 
you know? We have these young girls in the car. They look like they're going on vacation. They look like they're having fun. My friend Becca, she had on um, hiking boots. So, like, maybe that indicated that we were freewheeling people. I don't know. They didn't find anything, but we did have a good laugh. Wow. And I still got a speeding ticket, so that, that sucked. How much were you going? Do you, if you don't want to say, your mother sometimes Well, listens. no, no, no. So it dropped from 55 to 40 to 25. Oh, and I, I didn't see the 40 sign as we went into town, so I dropped from 55 to 25. So he got me going... 55 in the 40. They'll do that. So it could have been worse, but I mean, they have it set up that way for a reason. Talking about driving fast. You know what else we do fast? We run fast. Well, we run. I don't know about <laughs> fast, but at least we're out there. I, I feel pretty good about how we did in the marathon. There were some times when I was like convinced that I was the very last person in the ever, race, ever, ever, to ever put on running shoes. Uh, you know, I, I feel really good about how we did. I went into it with a team goal and with an individual goal. My team goal was a five hour or less finish. And that was Nutmeg's goal was five hours or less too. <laughs> she rested the whole time. And then my personal goal was 90 minutes or less. Because the Delaware Running Festival had a six-hour time limit on the race. So because they had that time limit, I wanted to make sure I was not the weak link that we didn't finish on time. So if I did it in 90 minutes or less, that was my quarter of the race. And I was really happy. I actually finished in about an hour and 12 minutes. So that was blew away my goal time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think... I don't know if I... I didn't set a time for myself. I had an idea of, like, when I might finish. I was about an hour 15. And I was just... I just wanted to run. I just wanted to to complete. Run the whole thing. Run the whole thing. That was true, too. And there were a couple of times where I thought, oh, I could just walk for one minute, and it would be so nice. But then I thought, I would only be going half as fast, and that Mm -hmm. means it's a minute of lost time. Yeah. My foot fell asleep, like, at, like, mile two or something. I, like, this is... I've sort of gotten, like, pins and needles when I run before, but this was really weird. Uh, my foot, like, just was, like, I was, like, that that isn't really attached to me right now. And then um, it kept bothering me, and I was, like, well, what do you do when your foot falls asleep? You move it, and I was moving it. So you were, I, you were moving it a lot. I figured I would just keep moving it, and I was, like, let's just see, like, if we can make it, like, to this, to this point, to this point, to this point. And then finally, like, two miles later, it woke up. It participated. Just like you. That's crazy. (laughs) No. Seriously, though. We are definitely the generation of participation trophies, and that's all really nice. But when I was a kid and I showed up to play soccer because my parents dressed me and drove me there and made me stand out in the field and everything, I don't think that counts. But this time, I mean, we had to really get ready for this race. I mean, for me, I was preparing by by getting my miles in at Orange Theory, and I was really worried that the six and a half would be a struggle, Um, but I actually found it wasn't that bad, because what I'm used to doing is about two and a half to three miles on a treadmill, and then rowing and lifting weights, Mm -hmm. and so knowing in my head that I do hour and 90 minute classes, and that this would be less than that, I was so fine. I think this was like just the right amount of push for me, because now I'm, I'm running, like, Maybe three times a week. Um, well, yeah, and you the next day did another five miles. I did crazy. <laughs> I ran five miles like the next. I was like, I'll just run like two miles because I sit like down all day, and then two miles kept turning into another mile, and it was fine. Yeah, and I actually felt really great afterward. I felt like I probably could have kept going, and um, the couple of days following, I really. I had a little bit of soreness in my hip flexors on the first day, but I've been feeling great since then. I think 6.5 was just the right amount in terms of pushing ourselves, because if it had just been a 5K, I wouldn't have done anything to prepare. I would have been like, oh, I'm fine. I can do this. Or I would have thought about preparing and then haphazardly run once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really cool because you, every time you went and did your lunchtime runs, you were texting us your mileage sort of like holding yourself accountable. And same thing for me. I was I was sort of updating you guys with how I was doing with my marathon month goal because I was trying to hit 31.1 
miles in Orange Theory classes without warm-ups. So, and I had to really push myself to do that. So it was really awesome. Um, I think like having that camaraderie of sort of getting ready and training and then competing. It was one thing that I really enjoyed about the marathon was it was about more than the running. Like it was about seeing the city from a different perspective, literally in this case that we were running in places that we don't drive by or, you know, running in places where you're only in a car. Right. For me, it was pretty, the route was pretty close to my daily commute to and from work actually, but I have only walked or run that route a couple of times Mm -hmm. because it just, you know, in the morning you're trying to get to work, you just don't have time. And so it was really awesome for me to just sort of take it in a little more slowly and experience it. And I know for you, you didn't even know parts of the city existed. We well, I knew that they were there, but I just I never, never to them. I never drive down that road, um, and I don't know much about marathon etiquette, but I was saying hello to people when, and waving at people when I passed them by. Oh, you're nicer and more. Friendly I didn't than me. well because also because I was in the second slot, so there weren't really I wasn't running in a pack. And at one point, I was running toward this woman who was crossing the street to get to church on Sunday morning. And she was looking at me, and I was looking at her, and she had, like, these stilettos on and this hat and a trench coat, and she looked really nice. And I'm there not even yet to mile two, and I'm just kind of chugging along. And I said, good morning. You and know, she said good morning back. When I ran past that same church, they were all finishing and coming out, which we were about an hour and 15 yeah. minutes apart, so that made sense. Um and, and I, that's not true. I was pretty friendly. People would, would yell, shout to you, good luck, mm-hmm. have fun, something like that. And I just sort of would smile and kind of haphazardly wave my arm in the air. I was worried that sometimes people were wishing me good luck because I looked like I wasn't going to make it. But that's just, that's just me being negative. Yeah, I didn't have that thought. So I think, I, I think people were just seeing that we were we were working toward a goal and they were enthusiastically yes. supporting us. One thing that we re- we both commented after the race that it was a really beautiful route and it was also very nicely planned in that the turnaround was after the halfway point. Yeah, so the tur- so in total um, we did 6.55 miles each and we all did the same route. So rather than each of us doing a different part of the main marathon course, we each did the same thing as each other. Mm -hmm. And so we did about four and a half miles and it was primarily a loop and then there was a little tail and then at the turnaround of the tail was about the four and a half mile point. So when you came back and you felt like, okay, I've made it to the halfway just because of mentally Mm -hmm. that you're turning around you really only had two miles left. So you had less than a third. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, this is easy. And that's how I felt. Honestly, I hit that last two miles. And especially when I got to the last mile and I was just booking it. Mm -hmm. And um, because it was parts of it were the same course as the half marathon and the full marathon, when I saw the sign for 26.2, I'm like, okay, or for 20 mile 26, I knew, okay, I'm 0.2 away. Mm -hmm. And so I started booking it. And then when I got to the sign for mile 13, which meant I was only 0.1 away, I'm, I'm going all out as fast as I could. Uh, push pace. Um, well, also, like right around mile four, I, you know, I think my foot was waking up. I was wondering if I was going to make it, but also feeling inspired. It was also we were going uphill, and then at the turnaround, you were going downhill. And there was a Gatorade station and these people really helped. There were some great volunteers along the race route. The people here had a jingle, and they were shouting out, like, water, Gatorade, just for you. You can do it. Push on through. And it was so... Oh, like, they need pom-poms. I love that. That was not happening when I went past. It was really cute, and, like, you might think that I wouldn't enjoy that, but I really needed it. I really appreciated their jingle for me. It's true. I... um. Now, you decided not to run with any music. I It wasn't so much a decision as that I was like, I, well, I did not trust myself to not be annoyed by the headphones. Gotcha. And then everyone else ended up using my headphones. So it didn't really work so out. Was, yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't plan. We didn't, really didn't plan very well. But Gretchen and I, and Alex did not run with headphones. No. Alex just ran. Alex, Alex and just I ran. had the same runtime. 
we're like running we're seconds twinsies. apart. It's true, running twinsies. Um, and then Gretchen and I, we did listen to music. And for me, I I started with a different playlist that she had recommended, and I it just didn't work for me because I didn't know the songs. And for me, I really like. I may not be singing out loud because you know I can barely breathe because I'm running. But I really like to, at least in my head, sing mm-hmm. along. And every few moments where you have, like, a critical moment of excitement in a song, I like to just bust out a little arm move, like yeah. a little a little fist pump, a little rocky. It just makes you feel like you're on top of the world. So I um, listened to a 5K playlist that I had made that was actually about an hour and a half long so that every 5K didn't feel the same. And it, it is at least somewhat based in a beats per minute to do about um, – I guess about a 10 and a half, 11 minute mile, which is what I did. Um, I was right, right under that 11 minute mark. So that was cool. And I, and I just loved it. I had some CCR. I had some Shania Twain. I had Carrie Underwood, um, the Beatles show up, Donna Summers. I mean, it's just great stuff. That does sound like a really good playlist. I was lucky enough to overhear some conversations while I was running, when, like closer toward the end. Once you were cap- like once the roots were emerging, marathon, half marathon, relay, um, and I ended up behind these women. I think they were from the Midwest. They sounded like they were from the Midwest, and they had an entire conversation about how they were not complaining. They were not complaining. They were not complaining. They had well, they'd done the five k the night before, which was good for them. Good for them, and then. They were walking at this point. And so they were, were they doing the half? I think they were, they were doing the half together. And they were decked out. They had the, the sashes with all the water bottles in them. I mean, they were ready to go. Uh, but they were saying, I'm not complaining. We're walking now. It's okay. I'm okay with the time. I'm not looking at the time. We took a bathroom break. It's fine. They took a bathroom break? And then Where? There were, like... Porta potties along the route. Clearly, I'm hyper focused. I noticed nothing. Um, and then, of course, wouldn't you know, I passed them because I was running and they were walking. Right. And then, right around mile six, I hear these voices. There's a group of us that you know, we're we're at a good pace, and we hear these voices. Excuse us, excuse us. And it is those women running, running. They okay. are passing us now. Okay. They're back on their game, and they are passing us now, and they want everyone to know that they are shooting out ahead. <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. So, even though I didn't have headphones, I still met plenty of characters along my race route. Yeah, and you know, the other thing that was so cool about this race, and, and I, a lot of marathons do this, they have the relays as an option, and I didn't know that until this weekend, but there were a number of people who, their relay teams have done marathon relays all over the country. Mm-hmm. So we met two groups that were just really nice. There were two couples from Baltimore who have done the Baltimore one, and they were telling us that when they did Baltimore, you don't run the same route. So we, while we were waiting for each of our people, we actually got to sort of all hang out together. In the Celebration Village. In the Celebration Village, yeah. Which was, it was just Tubman Garrett Park. But but that was nice. It was nice. Um, but they didn't get to do that. So they would, at the very beginning, the, the first person would start at the start line, but the other three people would get bussed to three other locations along the route. That's too much. And, and so they said, I said, oh my gosh, did you hate that? And they said it was interesting because you ended up having this camaraderie. All of the people who ran leg two oh. became like a club and they all had that experience that was shared. I did think that I was going to have a race buddy because when I set out for leg two, there were about three other women who were running like the same area as me. The one woman with the pink shirt like shot ahead. She, you, she was a serious runner. And I was just kind of going like, a good pace and I was like okay I'm just gonna stay here not push myself now just you know kind of build up and I ended up actually matching pace with the other woman there who was in a blue shirt and I thought okay you're my running buddy you have your headphones in so you're doing your thing I'm gonna he- be here and then like before mile one before we even got to mile marker one she stopped I don't know what happened to her. I did not see her the entire Well, maybe she stopped briefly, but then you shot ahead, and because you were running at the same pace, it's like how two parallel lines never intersect. I know. I thought that she was doing fine. 
And then all of a sudden she stopped. Maybe I was annoying her. Maybe she, maybe she wasn't the accomplished runner that I thought that she was. That I was using her as my motivation. I feel but like I feel like it's I the hope parallel. She finished. <laughs> I hope she did too, and I feel like it's probably just the parallel line theory. Um, I I too had somebody that I was running with, not the whole time, but probably for the first. He, actually, he did not. He started after me, so you came in ahead of his his teammate. But it was that group from DC, those guys that we had mm-hmm. talked to initially, and so um, he started after, and then we sort of somewhere around mile uh, about a mile in, I would say, at mile one, he and I sort of he caught up with me, and then we were we were on pace, you know, close together mm-hmm. and such probably to about mile four. And then, of course, we had the turnaround and all that. So I saw him a couple of times with the turnaround happening. So that was kind of cool to see somebody that I had been talking to earlier in the day and then sort of be, like, high-fiving each other Mm -hmm. on the race route as we passed each other on the turnaround. So it was just really, I felt like, a great camaraderie between all the people participating. And this is all part of your... um your your goal for 2018 my new year's resolution resolution. of of a race per month and i think you know one of the things i was worried about when i made that resolution was that i would just default to a 5k every month and we are now four months in and i've done um two 5ks but the other two races i've done were this marathon so obviously that was much more than a 5k and then our triathlon in january which was less than a 5k of running but we also had to get on rowing machines and bikes Mm -hmm. and so it was a really good and different experience and then we have a number of other races coming up this year and we're just i'm super excited about the mud run in june which i may or may not be doing with you i'm hoping dara can make it but it is going to be a great time we're going to get muddy we're going to take pictures it's going to be awesome and then you have another race you're your plans to do back-to-back race weekends? I have essentially almost three weekends in a row I have oh races. So we just finished up the marathon this past weekend. And then on May 6th, so the day this podcast comes out, I'm going to be running the Taco and Margarita 5K. And so that's in Newark. And I'm excited to do a route in Newark. And then also have tacos and margaritas afterward because... I love tacos and margaritas. I do have to tell you, I we posted photos from the marathon this weekend, and one of my relatives commented on it, and she said that she didn't know that I was in training. And this is because when I was, I was a flower girl once upon a time, when I was six years old, and I was a flower girl in her daughter's wedding, and her daughter's like a professional marathon runner. So... Oh my gosh. And I saw you had to clarify. And you know, we were in training. We, we were in training. Look, you can not people cannot just go out and run six and a half miles after sitting on the couch for six months. We were in training. We ran a marathon. We just did not run We collectively collect- ran yeah. one marathon. We sure did. We had but I feel medals. great about that. I think I think for me it gave me the perspective and confidence that I can probably do a half marathon. With, you know, train up a little bit, put a little, put some effort into making sure I do one long run a week. But I think I now have the confidence that that's something I would do. And I think it was a really fun thing to do as a team. And we've even talked about what are some other marathon festivals that have relays that we could go and do and then turn it into a fun girlfriend's trip. Mm-hmm. The running lifestyle is making more sense to me now. I never thought I would be this person. But I, I, I am. I just am. But uh, the weather's getting nice, or it might also be going straight to summer, uh, and there are a lot of opportunities for us to be doing these outdoor things, but we're also going to be back to some of our usual tricks of going to artsy stuff and food stuff. Yes. So I already talked about we've got this taco and margarita 5K coming up that I'm really looking forward to. Then the Choir School of Delaware is hosting the second Bach Festival. So they had one last year, and I am not sure if it was advertised as the first annual, but my father gets upset about the first annual. You can't have a first annual. You can't have a second annual. You can only have a third annual. It's true, because if it happens once, it's just the first Bach Festival in Wilmington. You also don't need to hyphenate it. Right. When it happens the second time... It's the second. It's time. just the second time. How do we know that this is an annual event? It's it, the returning. It's the returning. 
once you have a third one and you've now done it three years in a row, this is an annual event. Which is also, this is our third podcast, so this is now a trend. This is happening. This is real. This is real. And, you know, this podcast, trying to get our, our schedules together was difficult. So sometimes we just, we just have to figure out how to make it work. And so we did. Um, but I'm super excited about this Bach Festival. They've got three different events. So Friday, May 11th, and then Saturday, May 12th. Friday night is going to be a piano concert featuring Dan Caruncio. Saturday, Lawrence Stomberg is going to be, um, that's going to be the performance on Saturday afternoon. And then Saturday night is actually the choir school with all of the children and the, and the scholars and everybody singing. And the, that event is going to be held at the Delaware Historical Society in the main, um, like the old town courthouse and, and town hall. And so it's a beautiful venue. It's going to be great music. And we're really looking forward to that. Another event that's coming up is the Next to Normal at Bootless Stageworks. So that's a relatively new stage production company, and they've done a couple of small shows. And Next to Normal, I mean, it's it's an amazing show. It won a Tony for Best Score. I got to see it actually during its original run when it first came out. And it's just a really a really great show about mental illness and how you deal with that as a family and how you move forward in your life. And it's amazing. It's actually a cast of only six, um, six cast members. There's no ensemble, anything like that. It's just the six of them. But it's a beautiful show. It has great music. It's You can rock out for sure and really appreciate it. So um, that's coming up. And I'm going to try to go to one of the preview shows. And then they have a number of sort of full full shows as well. You have a lot coming going on uh, for the rest of the month. I feel like I'm really busy, but also like there isn't a lot on my schedule other than work stuff. Um, one of the things that I always want to get to in May is the Wilmington Flower Market. Uh, and that is coming up May 10th through May 12th um, at Rockford Park. Uh, and I, I have never... I was there when I was a little girl. But you haven't been in really your memory. I haven't been in my adult life. Um, But I love that it it starts on Thursday and Friday. So there's the opportunity to go down like after work, afternoon. Yeah, and it's such a great event because in addition to obviously they have live music and you can go and buy flowers for your garden or for, you know, Mother's Day because it always is the same as Mother's Day weekend. Um, so it's, it's such a great event for those things, but there, it's also a craft fair and they have a lot of local vendors. And so there's such good food. There are so many cute little gifts for your mom or for anybody who has sort of a spring or summer birthday coming up. And so I love it for that stuff too. I do this past winter, I went to a local art show and I bought a print of a pastel work that's a scene at the flower market so I can always look at that if I don't make it I need to frame it I really one thing that I really have gotten in the habit of doing I love buying um local prints which you can you can get something by a local artist for like $30 it, yeah it can price. be very reasonable and um and then I mat and frame it and so I kind of get to be creative in doing that So the same night that the flower market kicks off, I'm actually not going to be able to go because I'm going to another event at Delaware Park. It's the grilled cheese battle. So it's the same organizers from the Delaware Burger Battle. And you actually go, you buy a ticket. They're going to have 12 different restaurants competing for the best grilled cheese title. And you go, you get grilled cheese from all 12 restaurants. And then you also get two beers, I think. Or alcoholic beverages. I'm sure they have a couple different options. Maybe a cider choice. So I am really looking forward to that. A couple of years ago, I went to the Queen with my dad for a grilled cheese and beer pairing five-course meal. That's a lot of grilled cheese. It was. I mean, there was a dessert grilled cheese. But it was the idea of some kind of bread and cheese concoction. So they had some different ones, and they were all paired with the beers. And it was so good. But the thing that's tough about that is that five grilled cheese sandwiches and five glasses of beer is just a lot of volume to put in your stomach. And it gets very overwhelming. So Mm -hmm. I ended up having to take a lot of food home. I can imagine. Yeah. But but I'm excited. That's really my only sort of food-centric event coming up. 
Um, but that's going to be great. And then luckily, after I eat the grilled cheese, the next week is actually the city of Wilmington's bike to work day. So it's really cool. They encourage everybody who's able to bike to work or to take dart with your bike and then bike part way or drive and do a park and ride and, and bike part way. And they do an event in downtown Wilmington and they have different people or different organizations supporting and giving away free stuff and things like that. So that is on May 18th. City of Newark also does a bike to work day. I don't know if it's the same. And there's national bike to work day. So if you're not in Wilmington or Newark, your town probably has one. It may be on May 18th, but this is sort of national biking month. And so we just try to highlight that stuff. I hope you don't exhaust yourself too much biking to work because you do have an event that starts at 3 a.m. the very next day, May 19th. And I have got to tell you, I don't think I've been so excited for an event since this time when, I guess, seven years ago, in 2011, it was right around this time, seven years ago, that Kate and William got married. So we're talking about the royal wedding. Of course. Um, And I didn't watch the first one. So I have a great story about the first one. I was in college and I had three classes that day. And two of them, for whatever reason, were canceled. We didn't have them. And so I only had one class and I knew I was not going to go because I was going to the royal wedding. And I, I very rarely, if ever, missed class. I really did only miss if I was sick. And so I told my professor, I said, I'm actually not going to be here Friday, but I'm going to make sure my work gets turned in because I have a family wedding. (laughs) And he's like, oh, I totally understand. You know, it's not a big deal at all. And you just didn't mention it was the royal family wedding. My, my friend Tom actually called me out. He goes, professor, it's not her family's wedding. It's the royal family of England. (laughs) And so I know everybody thought I was so frivolous, but you know what? If you can miss class to watch an NCAA basketball game, I can miss class to watch the Royal Wedding. It's a historic event. It is a historic event. So I'm, I slept through it. It was one of those things in college where I was like, oh, this sounds like something I should totally do. And then I was really exhausted and just never got around to planning anything or actually watching it at 3 a.m., Um, I was very deep into the student newspaper this time. But it is a significant event because it was a pivotal moment in my friendship with the original Brie from Syracuse. I have two friends named Brie from Syracuse, one that I met in undergrad, one that I met in grad. And I had only sort of known Brie. And I was like, oh, I'm 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 totally going to watch the royal wedding. You you know, if you want to watch it, like, come over. We'll watch it together. Um, She was too nervous to actually take me up on the offer. I slept through it, uh, but she remembered that we had this nice little exchange. She thought that maybe I was an outgoing person with similar interests as herself, and we it turned were, out to be true. It turned out to be true. We remain friends to this day, so that's awesome. So yeah, we're really looking forward. I know, Dara, you said you and your mom are going to make some gluten free scones, make so we can scones. we can scone like the Brits do. These are really good scones. I'm excited for They're it. They're not gross. They're not gross, which can cannot happen with gluten-free food, apparently. But it, it does. It does happen sometimes. But I'm pretty excited about that. And then the other sort of main food item that we're looking forward to, um, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are planning to have a lemon elderflower cake. And my mother has taken on the task of a... Not a reenactment. Um, recreation. Well, it's not a recreation because it hasn't been created Spin. Yet. Yeah, her adaptation, if you will. So she has taken on the adaptation of a lemon elderflower wedding cake for our event so that we can eat the cake that Meghan and Harry will be eating. And then we also have the official royal wedding tea. So I'm excited about that. And we'll definitely be sipping it beyond the royal wedding. But that's going to be great. And then the the one thing I couldn't get... um, there's a company that's manufacturing a scent for the wedding. And so I'm not quite clear on if it will be pumped into the reception, into the church. I, I don't really know what it's being used for, but there is an official Prince Harry and Meghan Markle wedding scent, and it is not being sold to the public. That actually, one time I did a behind-the-scenes story at a haunted house, and they pump scents into the haunted houses to make them feel especially uncomfortable. Because, you know, it's all about 
terrorizing all of your senses. Right. Well, and you know, her, the town of Hershey, the Hershey Main Street, they actually pump the scent of chocolate so that you can feel like they're still producing chocolate in the factory. So I imagine it'll be a much better scent than a, a horror house scent. Um, but I I'm hope familiar so. with the concept of pumping I hope so. places. I hope so. Well, I'm sure it's going to be a great event over in England, and it's going to be an even better event here in Delaware. And so I'm just really looking forward to it. Yeah. So, and I think that we will hopefully be coming back to you either right before or right after the royal wedding to catch you up on all of the excitement that we feel. Yeah. And what else we've been up to and have to look forward to. Of course. So talk to you at episode four. 